On this episode of Cinema Smorgasbord Presents, we do our own stunts. Loway is still trying to mold Jackie Chan into the new Bruce Lee with 1976's Shaolin Wooden Men. Welcome to We Do Our Own Stunts, a podcast about the life and work of martial arts superstar Jackie Chan. I'm Doug Tilly, and with me is the world's deadliest man, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? You know, I'm all right, Doug. I'm all right. No, you're not. You're not doing all right. <laughs> no, you're I'm having struggling. a terrible time. Yeah. <laughs> Slept on an air mattress last night, which is always a bad sign. Why did, why did you do that? Why did you, what's going on? Uh, trouble in paradise? <laughs> Tell yeah, us more. But, but, not, but, not, but nothing my fault. Uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to, to uh, quarantine a little bit here at the house. There might have been a, a COVID exposure. And so uh, we're, we're, we're trying to stay out of each other's space a little bit. And, you know, that's that's hard to do, especially as a family. We don't have enough room for a guest room. So I just had to blow up an air mattress in the TV room and uh, air mattresses suck. I hate them. Yeah, they're not great. Uh, you know what, though? You should have been more careful. <laughs> you know, what you should do is wear a mask. That's probably what you should Doug, do. Oh, my God. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> <sighs> we'll get tested soon and we'll know. But uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the. Wouldn't it be terrible thing. if I'm making like these kind of like tittering jokes and then you get it and then you yeah. die? Yeah, that would be terrible for you. I yeah, it would, would look bad. I'd probably edit this part out of the episode if that was to you, happen. You would have to go to you'd have to go to that shitty island you're from and throw yourself off a cliff or whatever. There are a lot of cliffs in Newfoundland, the island in which I was born and raised. Thank you. Liam O'Donnell. But yeah. believe it or not, we're not here to talk about Newfoundland or your COVID situation. <laughs> not that that's not interesting in its own right. We're here to talk about Jackie Chan and his filmography, Liam. And not just his filmography. We want to get into his other stuff. But today we're here specifically to talk about a movie that I was somewhat familiar with before going into it for this episode. It's called Shaolin Wooden Men. It also has a number of different titles we'll talk about a little bit later. Liam, did you know anything about this movie beforehand? Have you seen this in any capacity? I had never even heard of it. You know, I it's it's I mean, well, there's a possibility that I know some of the other titles. You know what I mean? Right. But the specific title Shallon Wooden Men wasn't on my list of like, oh yeah, sure, that one. This uh one of the other uh, titles that this is known under, I think, is like 36 Wooden Men. It's a, a lot of references to the 36 Chamber of Shaolin because this is a Shaolin-based movie. I knew about it because after Jackie Chan became um, more famous in the West after the release of Rumble in the Bronx, leading into the late 90s and early 2000s, a lot of his earlier movies were repackaged, and usually they put you know they put him right there on the cover in ways that he wouldn't have been in the original marketing materials, and this was one of them. Uh, Shaolin Wooden Men was available in a lot of kind of like public domain collections and like really ugly um, full screen versions and dubbed and things like that. Thankfully, we were able to watch I think a pretty nice looking widescreen subtitled version for this episode. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I felt good about it. I, I, you know, with these movies, I'm always guessing with the subtitles. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm always kind of like, I think this is good. This is probably right <laughs> because I've I've been fooled before. You know, where I'm like, I don't know what this movie's about. So, but it seemed good. It's nothing seemed ridiculous. But one of the things that this movie, Shallon Wooden Men, is known for, Liam, 
is the Shaolin Wooden Men. Now, Liam, explain to me in the movie, what are the Shaolin Wooden Men? So um, the way that you kind of graduate from this particular Shaolin temple, (laughs) uh, and I guess these are people, they've been living there, they've been training in Kung Fu, although not all of them. And before they leave, there's this, uh, it looks like a series of hallways. I thought it was one hallway, but then maybe it's two hallways. I think it's at least two hallways. I think it's two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And in this hallway are these uh, very thick, heavy wooden dummies that move back and forth uh, via a series of chains connecting them. So uh, visually, they look like wooden robots. Yes. But the idea is that they, the chains move them back and forth. Now, if you're thinking, um, if you're like a physics person and you're thinking, well, that wouldn't be that effective yeah it's it's clearly guys in wood suits <laughs> punching our our various people going through so don't stress out about it it wouldn't work we all know it wouldn't work that's not the point the point is it's supposed to be you know and we've talked about this a little bit on here doug but mm-hmm. uh, in these films there has to be an escalation if the last sort of film everyone remembers had two axes then someone better come up with a way to have three you know, if 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 this one had some sort of extreme weather training, the next one better have extreme weather weather training with lightning or you know what I mean. Like, sure, there's always got to be some innovation and in that escalation. Way, well, and in that way, it's not that different than sci-fi, right? Like, uh, a certain way of doing sci-fi is you come up with your scientific thing, your 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 insight, your change, your doodad, whatever it is. That thing is from which you build a story. You don't start with a story and then go, oh, what if there's also aliens? You know, like you start with the thing. Sometimes these movies feel that way, that someone thought of the wooden men and then the plot came after the wooden men came. That might not be the case, but it, it's pretty clear, at least for the entire first part of the movie, that the wooden men are the point of what we're doing here. Uh, once we leave that part, well, we'll talk about where the movie goes. Yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. I want to talk a little bit more about these Mukojin uh, characters, these wooden men. You might be familiar with them. Uh, listeners, if you've ever played the Tekken series of video games, there is a wooden character with these balls for hands. Uh, that's influenced directly from the Shaolin Wooden Men in this movie. Uh, when I was uh, watching pro wrestling in the late 90s, I was watching a lot of Japanese pro wrestling, and there was a small independent promotion that had a character named Mukujin Ken, who was a big boxy guy with those big circular hands, and he was also influenced by it. So in popular culture, people have kind of taken this idea and ran with it. I do have to say, Liam, I'm not sure I fully understood the mechanics of the Shaolin Wooden Men. Like, they have chains on the back of their legs, but how does how do their legs go forward? Like I said, Doug, <laughs> the physics is not... I mean, even in the scene, you, you do have to wonder, and this is not the first time I've thought this, but um, in some of these movies, you wonder if there was some insight in the script that got cut out of the movie. There's these important parts of the film where, if you'll notice... Uh, Jackie Chan's character sees these little holes in the floor. Yes. And there's a suggestion that there's some insight there. Maybe he's going to go in the hole, or maybe he'll kick in the hole, or something about that hole. And then nothing happens regarding the hole. We just yeah. move on. Mm-hmm. But there's, I-, I counted, no less than six shots of the hole, and then a shot of his face going, huh. <laughs> For what reason? In-, in the end, he beats the wooden men by just being tough. Yeah, which is yeah. not what you're expecting. At the wooden all. men. Uh, spoiler alert: they beat the shit out of him, like really yeah. badly. Oh yeah, 
And then part of like the ordeal that he has to do is to burn himself horribly on his arms. And in fact, that becomes the signifier for the rest of the movie that when people see the burns on his arms, they know, oh, you've been to Shaolin. That's where to get out of there. They need to burn you horribly. <sighs> I, I, if we're going to get into this in a little bit, I don't want to distract us too hard, but it feels like while the wooden men were the uh, insight to create this script at a certain point, the script moves on and it's unclear about their significance for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really, he learns skills beforehand that are useful in conquering that, that element. And, but this movie is very much split into two halves. And though there is cohesiveness in what happens in the first half leading into the second half, it does kind of feel like two very separate kinds of movies. And that's fine. Again, I'm not uh, not knocking that kind of structure. It's very much like the movie that probably most influenced this movie, The 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Uh, and I do still love that idea that the Shaolin Temple has these kind of series of challenges that you have to go through, and each one is about building certain skills. The only problem with this movie is that they he never gets taught any martial arts at the Shaolin Temple. He has to find other ways for it to happen. And I don't know if there's really a suggestion that he's ever been taught many or much martial arts outside of it, because once he does kind of graduate, they ask him, who's been training you in martial arts? Doug, Doug. I feel like we're jumping ahead of ourselves. We are, because I want to talk about, Liam, how we got to this point. Is that okay with you, Liam? I give you permission. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> On our last episode, Liam, we watched a movie called New Fist of Fury, which was um, Jackie Chan's first movie for Lo Wei, where he was being reinvented as the new Bruce Lee. Now, this is the story that a lot of people know about Jackie Chan's career. Uh, Bruce Lee passed away. Uh, Enter the Dragon made him a worldwide sensation, uh, along with his other movies. They're trying to find a new Bruce Lee. There's all these pretenders to the throne, and Jackie Chan was chosen, handpicked by Lo Wei, to make a uh, really a, a direct sequel to the original Fist of Fury, where we see this development of this kind of shady criminal character played by Jackie Chan. By the end, he is a fighting Chinese Superman who immediately gets murdered. <laughs> we never really get to see much from him. After that movie came out, it was not the massive blowaway success that Loway was hoping for. So for the second movie under his uh, under Jackie Chan's contract to him, he farmed him out to a different director. In this case, Chen Chi Hua, who actually Jackie Chan would work with for like the next 20 years in some capacity or another. He even went on to co-direct Police Story with Jackie Chan. He was basically the guy who helped Jackie Chan make the kind of movies he wanted to make. But at this point, this is still at the beginning of his career. You know, a lot of the times when you read about Jackie Chan's career and this movie in particular, it's very much dismissed. It's just like, you know, he made New Fist of Fury, then he made a bunch of other movies, and none of them were successes until he went and made, you know, Shake the Eagle, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, which we'll talk about in a few episodes. But I think, like, meeting this director, having a little more creative freedom, participating in the choreography for this movie was like a huge part of his development uh, and developing the skills and the confidence to go and eventually become that huge superstar. And I also think that this movie has a lot to recommend it, even outside the, the wooden men aspect, Liam. And we're, we'll talk about whether you liked it or not, but this uh, this movie is 
a little bit closer to the kind of Jackie Chan movie we we are um we're, we kind of went into this project looking forward to. Would you agree with that? I think so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, part of that's because I knew a little bit of Jackie Chan's history, and I knew that Jackie Chan didn't come out of the gate as the caricature we think of as Jackie Chan. Right. right. That there is a persona. Though the characters slightly differ, Jackie Chan is playing a version of his public persona as Jackie Chan in a lot of his most popular movies. But I had done enough research prior to this podcast to know, well, that wasn't always the case. You know, that that wasn't who he was. The the Jackie Chan of, say, you know, uh, uh, Rumble in the Bronx or First Strike or whatever else, that that wasn't who he was in, you know, his early career. So in that sense, yeah, I was very much expecting this. It was a little bit of a surprise because I think that some of the other early films I've seen that are more traditional kung fu movies, there's still a little bit more humor. Like yeah. whoever was mm-hmm. working with him had recognized like, oh, you're also funny. And that's – and in the end, isn't that – when we describe Jackie Chan, uh, part of what we're describing is a funny guy who is also a physical miracle, right? Yeah. There's a consistency in the Jackie Chan that we kind of know and love, and it's the comedic aspects of it, right? He's, he's a right. goofball to some extent. And this film is really just trying to play off uh, the kind of humbleness of his role because uh, for most of the movie he doesn't speak. Uh, and the idea that he's like really eager to learn, uh, even though he has this like burning need for revenge, that it doesn't seem to motivate him uh, exclusively. He also really wants to learn. Yeah. Uh, but then also just his physical prowess, which again is amazing and we're all amazed by it. But within the context of this kind of kung fu movie, especially within the shadow of Bruce Lee, it's not so impressive that you're like, yeah, okay, this is everything I need. There's knowing he could also be funny. I'm like, I wish there was at least some funny parts, but we'll get more into that in a little bit. I will say, though, unlike some of the other things we've watched before now, the kung fu in this movie is very good. Yeah, it, uh, it, there's a lot more to enjoy about the martial arts in this movie because you see people early on doing it at, at a high level. It still is a lot kind of more cumbersome and slower than what you would see later on, especially in the late 70s Golden Harvest productions when Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung uh, and Yoon Byo will, would be like all over a lot of those movies. But we're moving in the right direction. I just want to read briefly from... Um, Two Jackie Chan biographies, uh, his I Am Jackie Chan, one from years back from the uh, late 90s, and Never Grow Up, his recently released biography. These are supposed to be written by him or co-written by Jackie Chan himself. In his most recent one, he only gives Shaolin Wooden Men kind of a cursory mention. He mentions that after the um, the lack of success with New Fist of Fury, he says, Luckily, I was under contract, so Lo Wei found another role for me right away in Shaolin Wooden Men, directed by Chen Chi Hua, a young guy I quickly got to know and worked well with. I learned a lot from him, too, though this film turned out only so-so. That's all he has to say about Shaolin Wooden Men, and I think that that is that kind of common view of what this movie is. It's just another step, a kind of small step in the progression, but generally a failure. In his uh, his kind of older biography, he gets a lot more detailed about the process of it. He says, Without Lo Wei looking over our shoulder, Chen and I experimented with different ideas I had for the action sequences. I jazzed up the animal-style kung fu to make it interesting for the screen. For instance, turning Snake Fist into an elaborate mime of a serpent's attack with my hands shaped like the open mouths of a striking cobra. It was a lot more entertaining than the stiff traditional style that Lo Wei demanded in his movies as far as I was concerned. They even 
tried to, Liam, put slapstick humor into the movie because he would be doing it before like they were shooting. They'd come up with these routines, these slapstick routines. Uh, but because Jackie Chan knew that Lo Wei wouldn't allow it in the movie, he, they never went and filmed it. So you can see that the idea, the germ of the idea of including that humor was there, even though this is, for the most part, a pretty serious movie. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to be unfair here. Jackie Chan has an energy that not all of the people who are being groomed to replace Bruce Lee had, right? There's a reason that some of these um, uh, in the shadow of Bruce Lee movies are terrible, and not always is it the actor's fault, but sometimes it is. It's just someone who's in shape but is terrible on screen. Jackie Chan has a lot of charm. It's just such... In this movie, a microcosm, like just a small taste, you know, again, I don't want to jump into it too hard, but it is very true. Like we're starting to move into that realm of, okay, he's doing some movies that like stand the test of time that are worth remembering. What's baffling about this movie to me is the idea that this is supposed to be a movie that makes him into the next Bruce Lee. That, you know, New Fist of Fury, it makes sense. He's taking over the kind of role, I mean, directly taking over the role that Bruce Lee did in the original Fist of Fury. In this movie, he's a mute for the entire movie up until, like, the final scene. So, he, he you know, you've already taken away one aspect of him. And one of the defining, thing about, defining things about almost every Bruce Lee role is is that he's a badass right from the beginning. He doesn't need to be trained. He doesn't need to right. become the badass. He's already the guy. But, you know, in this movie, Jackie Chan is it's all about him getting beaten down until he can get his revenge at the very end. It's a much more kind of a traditional structure for for the the kind of general out there story of we want Jackie to be the next Bruce Lee. The roles he's taking are not really that Bruce Lee like. If anything, this is more of a Gordon Liu type role in this movie than it ever was like uh, resembling Bruce Lee up until maybe that final scene. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's not I think the only way for me in which I feel like they're still they they definitely want him to replace Bruce Lee in the sense of they want to make money, right? And they want a cultural icon. But for me, the only thing that still feels in the shadow of Bruce Lee is like the fact that they won't insert humor because yeah. they were the, the idea that every role had to be super serious is kind of the only thing kind of left of Bruce Lee's legacy at this point, because other people who aren't trying to be Bruce Lee, there is humor. It's not like, oh, martial arts movies. You can't have any jokes. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, that's not real. But for whatever reason, at least for these first few movies, they're really like hamstringing Jackie Chan, who, again, we know is a slapstick genius. And so, like, you really want him to have at least some of that in the movie. Yeah, no, I agree with that uh, 100%. And again, you know, we're going, we're tiptoeing, right? The steps are there. All the pieces are sort of coming together together from different sides, but we're not there yet. Liam, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about 1976's Shaolin Wooden Men. Are you excited? I am very excited. (laughs) All right, let's get to it right after this. Oh, my God. 
A young mute witnesses his father being murdered by an unidentified assassin. Filled with rage, he vows to avenge his death by mastering various martial arts techniques. Not a very good summary of Shaolin Wooden Men from 1976. A better summary comes from Jackie Chan himself in his book I Am Jackie Chan. He talks about Shaolin Wooden Men and says, I play a young man who has vowed not to speak until I have avenged my father's murder. In order to learn Kung Fu, I go to the Shaolin Temple, where I find work as a handyman. I don't know about that. The master eventually takes pity on me and begins training me in martial arts. I become very skilled, and I'm eager to leave so that I can take my revenge. But for a student to leave the temple, he must first pass the ultimate test of the Wooden Men, a room full of clockwork robots controlled with chains and pulleys. In order to defeat these non-human opponents, I must use several different forms of Kung Fu, proving that the best fighter is a well-rounded fighter. The film allows me to show off my mastery of all five animal styles of Kung Fu, as well as my skill with the staff. Unfortunately, it was a commercial flop. Uh, This movie was released in Hong Kong on the 10th of November, 1976, and it was released internationally under several alternative titles, including 36 Wooden Men, uh, Shaolin Chamber of Death, uh, Shaolin Wooden Men, Young Tiger's Revenge, and Just Wooden Man in Germany. It was directed by Chen Chi Hua, who we've already talked about. He he's been in, he would be involved, and we'll actually see his name pop up in a lot of the uh, Low Wei and and uh, pre Snake and the Eagle's Shadow uh, Jackie Chan movies coming up. But he would work with Jackie Chan well into the 1980s and uh, and and later. And written by Gam Yam, who was a, a prolific writer of martial arts films, including a lot of Bruce Plotation movies. And uh, funnily enough. He would actually go on to write and direct the Jackie Chanless Snake in the Eagle Shadow too. So obviously he's a uh, was a writer that really uh, connected with a lot of the trends that were happening. Uh, this, as we've already mentioned, was made at Lowe's Studio at Golden Harvest during the post Bruce Lee era. Uh, it stars Jackie Chan as our mute hero and Cam Kong as the villain. Uh, there are some familiar faces that pop up, including Yoon Byo, uh, who shows up briefly as uh, one of the villains. Uh, I mean, he has a whole bunch of of different cronies, and we see him briefly uh, pop up. We see Ching Cam, who we saw in New Fist of Fury. He was the kind of the bigger guy. Um, and uh, Jackie was part of the uh, choreography in this movie, though, uh, as we mentioned again in the opening segment, he he uh, restrained some of his um, the habits that he thought Lo Wei wouldn't like. Liam, let's talk about this movie, Shallon Wooden Men. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good. It was a solid... Kung Fu film, I think we kind of mentioned this in our intro, but it's worth circling back to. It feels a little disjointed in that there's a first half and a second half, and there are threads from the first part of the film that are significant for the second part. But some aspects of the early half of the film that feel like they should be significant turn out to be meaningless for the rest of the film. (laughs) And that doesn't make it a bad movie. It's still entertaining it's got solid kung fu um i'm not sure all of the drama works but it doesn't really need to honestly um but there's a couple of moments there's uh so our main character that jackie chan plays uh uh who everyone unfortunately refers to as dumb boy which is not my favorite uh but that's just what it is i'm not gonna worry about it uh he's early on in his time at shellin and they have a rule at the temple that they don't teach you kung fu for the first five years, and he's only been there for two years. So he's he's not ready, according to them, to even start learning kung fu. However, uh, he encounters two people that kind of mentor him. One is this uh, man chained in the basement who uh, he, he 
he doesn't quite mislead him, but he suggests he's down there trying to learn this technique. He's uh, not in a basement, Liam. He is uh, chained up behind a waterfall. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It, well, it's like a dungeon. It feels like a dungeon. Absolutely. Right. He's mm-hmm. waterfall. So he's he's chained up, and he sort of suggests he's there because he's learning this lion's roar technique. Um, but you, you guess he's probably also a bad dude as yeah. well. Uh, he's very mean to everyone, so you know you get that feeling. Uh, anyways, uh, he starts to teach uh, Jackie's character kung fu sort of clandestinely but at the same time um uh, a female monk who observes jackie chan uh practicing deadly techniques truly like the the worst possible techniques in shaolin kung fu sort of uh you know interrupts him and is like those are bad you shouldn't do that and teaches him something else uh which i guess we learn is called the the eight the eight snake steps, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, right? something is like that? that. I mean, why don't um, we explain what that training looks like? Where it's basically palm oil is spread on the ground, so it's incredibly slippery, and he has to learn how to do basically these um, these these martial arts moves without falling down in it. And of course, that leads to initially him falling on his ass because that's how these things always work. And it it is a bit comedic, you know. I was saying there wasn't a lot of comedy in this. That that part's a little bit a comedic, little bit, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, it feels like a significant moment where he's learning from this chained up man some of the most deadly techniques in Kung Fu. And then from this peaceful uh, woman, he's learning something else entirely. Uh, but that doesn't play as significant a role as you would think later in the film. It, yeah. It's really just <laughs> one moment in a fight. Similarly, there's so much focus on these wooden men not only are the wooden men in the title of the movie but uh at a certain point he's having a dream where he is learning uh from all the great uh animal masters uh which we don't really talk about much in the movie either Mm -hmm. and then that ends with this nightmare of him being beaten to death by the wooden men uh but but he conquers the wooden men about midway through the film yes and then that's it. Then they don't matter anymore. And then we just move on with our lives. There's nothing he learned from the wooden men. Again, despite, as we discussed, there being certain shots during that sequence that suggest he's going to have some sort of insight. And granted, this is me a little bit playing off of tropes in yes. martial arts films. But it is very true that if there is a close-up on an item or an object or something during a fight, and then there's a close-up on your hero's face as they're thinking about what it is they're looking at, that usually means something, you know. It's it's a cheap move, but it, you know, it's a it's a text that I can read because it's happened so often. And the fact that that happens multiple times during the wooden men fight, to no resolution of any kind, just makes me go: Did something get cut? Was there a part that they decided not to do? It's just a strange move. Uh, that being said, uh, despite those minor sort of like, oh, that's weird. I, I thought this would be more important, or I thought this would have more significance. Sure. The movie overall is is really great. It's a lot of fun. The fighting is good. I found the villain pretty compelling. Uh, there's even this like moment of redemption uh, at, at the end that I thought was not stupid. Like it kind of made sense. So I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I don't know if I would consider it um, the ultimate of a Jackie Chan movie because there's <laughs> things that it's missing. But overall, I thought it was really great. I think it's a movie that's undervalued. Uh, sure, in, sure. In a lo- I, I think it's actually... I think generally the consensus is that New Fist of Fury is an interesting failure, but this movie is just forgettable. But I actually think that there's a lot more to recommend this movie, and I had a lot more fun with it than New Fist of Fury, um, even if Jackie Chan is far from the traditional Jackie Chan character. One thing I really like about it is 
is the Shaolin part. I actually like the first half of the movie more than I like the second half. I feel like it gets a little disjointed once he leaves Shaolin and um and he, you know, he's he meets up with this restaurant owner and gets involved with their goings on and then he encounters the his his basically the chained up master from Shaolin who has now escaped. It it gets kind of convoluted leading into the uh the final 30 minutes or so. But maybe it's because Liam, I think I mentioned this on this podcast before, the movie that got me into non-Jackie Chan martial arts movies was The 36 Chamber of Shaolin. I had a copy of Master Killer. It was under that title on VHS. I went to a video store looking for martial arts movies, trying to expand my horizons. They had that. I had never heard of Master Killer before. had never heard of 36 Chamber of Shaolin. had never seen, to my knowledge, a Shaw Brothers movie that was not uh, Inframan. Uh, so it, for me, it was me learning... You know, right from the beginning, like what the tropes were in those movies, how they looked. It was very unique for me. And this movie was is greatly influenced by that in the first half. Jackie Chan has to learn before he learns how to do Kung Fu. He's basically training his limbs. They train their legs by making them, you know, pick up water and climb this mountain of steps while wearing iron shoes on their feet. <laughs> so uh, developing their legs and then he has to chop a bunch of wood to train his arms, which is a lot less kind of interesting <laughs> visually. But I like the idea that there's these these kind of steps um, that they have to go through in order to train different parts of their body. It is kind of a uh, truncated version of that, however, because we don't really see the martial arts part of it. It's just that you do this, you learn martial arts, and then you have to fight these wooden men. I do like the idea that we see someone else, like one of his like, classmates or other someone else training in Shaolin, go through the wooden men, and get completely demolished by him. And then the monks afterwards are like, you failed taking on the wooden men. Once you heal up, we're going to punish you. It's just like, leave the guy alone. He got beat up by the wooden men. It's it's also funny because it's not clear why his friend was like, no, my turn, let's take on these wooden men. <laughs> yes, I guess you can just challenge them at any time. And the punishment is... Well, I don't know what the other punishment is, but the main punishment is that they're going to beat the fucking hell out of you. I will also say it seems weird. <sighs> Again, there, there's this whole idea that when you're learning martial arts in these films, oftentimes you're not just learning how to beat someone up. You're learning specific physical insights, techniques, movements. Um, and there's not a lot of indication during that wooden men sequence of what Jackie's character has learned that's helping him not die from the wooden men and I thought that was a little strange like okay he's going to do the snake walk here or he's going to do the whatever here and there wasn't as much of that so I thought that was a little weird and you really get the feeling like when he gets through like he barely got through and then he just leaves and I'm like <laughs> I don't know if you've learned everything you need to be a martial artist now just because you got through the wooden men I like that a lot of these Shaolin martial arts movies there's this little subtext to it which is the monks do not want you to use the the kung fu that you learn unless you absolutely have to in some sort of self defense and then but the movie's kind of presented as these monks are kind of stodgy and stuck in their ways people need to know kung fu because you know the world is dangerous and they need to be able to protect themselves that's kind of like the main theme of of 36 chamber of shaolin which you need to bring it to the people to so they can defend themselves it shouldn't just be stuck in this in this uh in this one little area um, and that he even creates like his own a chamber at the end of that movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert: where he can teach people kung fu. And here it's kind of a similar thing. It's like he's learned evil martial arts, but 
he went through the wooden man, so we, we gotta let him go. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about it. Um, and that's why, I, again, I feel like the second half is a little bit more... It's more of a traditional martial arts movie afterwards. It even goes through the process once again. Like, he's supposed to be a Shaolin Kung Fu master to a certain extent when he leaves the Shaolin Temple. But in the second half, he gets his ass beat by another martial arts expert in a restaurant. And then we learn, you know what? He needs to do a little more training, so he sees another Shaolin master and puts him through training once again. So it's basically two training segments. It's like two mini movies as opposed to one full movie. Yeah, that's. I guess that's sort of what we were suggesting before. And and, and not that there's no ligaments, like there's definitely connective tissue, but it is. It's even tonally like they don't quite match up with each other in some ways, <laughs> uh, but it's fine. Like it, it, it definitely works. It's just a, it's a weird decision to make, and especially the idea that like, I assume you go to the temple to learn kung fu. So why would you want to like get through the wooden men and be like, all right, I'm done here. I'll see you guys later. Like it, it would make more sense that then you would stick around and try to learn even more kung fu. But uh, but until there's uh something you know, like a, like a danger involved, he's not really that interested in learning more Kung Fu. The initial Kung Fu that he does learn is not from this uh, kind of dangerous Kung Fu master who's been chained up or this female monk. He tries imitating this drunken monk. Right. That, that's right. there. Uh, but that doesn't really go anywhere either. Uh, it's so frustrating. I was like, we're going to do some drunken master kung fu i'm like stoked on that and then it, it doesn't become a thing it would be almost like if this movie came out after drunken master like someone teasing it's like a little joke oh jackie chan sees someone doing it and he almost learns drunken kung fu instead but in this movie it's like no that's what he's gonna do right but he just never does it <laughs> it's real it's real weird uh i think that's just supposed to be a little bit of comic relief even though it seems like the direction that this movie is supposed to be going in Liam, let's talk about the action in this movie a little bit. Unlike New Fist of Fury, which um, really we only get to see Jackie Chan's skill at the very, very end, this movie starts with a opening fight that is a dream sequence that basically allows us to see Jackie Chan going through all of these different animal styles. And since he graduates from Shaolin halfway through, we get to see him have a few fights, including there's a restaurant fight, which I think is really impressive, uh, as well as the final fight, which goes on like a well over 10 minutes. We see him fight a number of different people. Uh, leading into the final battle with Cam Kong. Uh, what did you think of the the martial arts in this? Uh, and is there a action sequence that particularly stuck out to you? Well, I think it's hard not to focus on the ones at the end. Like, even though we see him doing training sequences in the early part of the movie, there's not really any fighting um, until after he goes through the wooden men. You right. Know? And so, as much as I like training sequences, it feels like the action as far as actual fights, is backloaded. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I'm always a sucker for the big final fight, so it's hard for me not to just focus on that as, like, the highlight. And I think this one is particularly good. However, prior to that final fight, we do get a lot of the stubborn monk, who is his uh, master, uh, going around and just murdering people he doesn't like. <laughs> there's a, there's a particularly very good as well. Yeah, that's really good. There's a brutal sequence where... I think it, it okay, it, it, it requires a little bit of explanation, which is in this movie, Jackie Chan is mute because he's taken a vow uh, to, of silence, basically, until he finds the person who murdered his father. And we, of course, eventually find out, this is a big spoiler, folks, that the person he's been learning Kung Fu from is the person 
who had murdered his father. You know, very kind of traditional twist that you would find in a martial arts movie. Well, he doesn't know that at the point that the, this martial arts master escapes from his chains from behind the uh, the waterfall. And so they meet up after he leaves Shaolin. And uh, at that point, you know, Jackie Chan doesn't know he's male- malevolent. But they get together and they stay at an inn. And at this inn, <laughs> this dude sees someone bald coming uh, up outside. And he goes out and murders the guy. Uh, because he thinks he's from Shaolin, mistakenly, he's actually the brother of the innkeeper, and then he murders the innkeeper's entire family, including his son, just because he's pissed about it. It is not cool, you yeah. know. It's it's and it it is very much one of the things in these sorts of films, um, and and I'm sure culturally, is this idea of loyalty, like. It makes sense that Jackie Chan doesn't immediately attack this man because he was his mentor, and you have to respect that relationship. But also, you don't. And what's interesting about the end is that he's put in this position where he ultimately has to respect the man who murdered his father, which yes. is the ultimate. You know, filial piety is the ultimate value, and, and yet he can't completely disrespect that mentor relationship. And so, I like the sort of complicated moral question that that poses within this framework. Um, and I even like the way it resolves itself there at the end. But I do think, like watching him watching this guy just murder these people, <laughs> you're like, oh right, uh, we're not really in a human life is the ultimate value sort of mode. Right now. <laughs> I mean, we find out later that he's killed like 70 people because he's just getting revenge on all of the different people who, who turned him in to the Shaolin Temple. Uh, so he's like he's like like a mass murderer, even leading into that final uh, final fight. There is a tease. I think you actually referred to it earlier in that final fight. Jackie Chan has you know used all of his skills against him and brought him to the brink and basically is almost ready to finish him off. And at that moment. He gives him the opportunity to give himself up and basically, you know, say that he'll never leave the Shaolin Temple again and that he'll have, you know, that that he'll be able to live in a certain level of peace if he just gives up. And then there's a tease that he that he is going to do that, that he's going to, you know, he, he, he says that he's proud of Jackie Chan being his disciple, that he recognizes the evil of his ways. And then what happens, Liam? Well, then he uh, attacks Jackie Chan uh, in one sort of final gambit, only he goes to, like, do some sort of, like, uh, finger stab and stabs himself. (laughs) He ends up ripping his own throat out by mistake uh, in an attempt to kill Jackie Chan. So uh, that... that Well, let's be clear. It's unclear if he is... Uh, revealing his scorpion's tail there, or if he is self-immolating. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? yeah, absolutely. Because he knows Jackie Chan is not going to kill him, but he wants death. He's at the point where he's like, eh, going back in the hole under the waterfall is not exactly what I want for the rest of my life. So I think I'd rather just die. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but but I think uh, I think it's up to you, the audience member, to determine did he just not get what he wanted or did he kill himself? Uh, I do want to give a little special mention to the restaurant fight in this. One of the things I really like about uh, a lot of Jackie Chan movies is, again, he usually starts out as someone who doesn't know a lot of martial arts. But the, the idea is that there's levels of martial arts expertise. He leaves, this, leaves the Shaolin Temple. 99% of the people he encounters, he'll be able to beat the shit out of them, no problem. But at this restaurant... Right. Uh, This is a bit later on in the movie. At this restaurant, he encounters a bunch of people and he beats the shit out of them. But later on, he encounters a guy 
who uh, is mysterious, and he knows more about martial arts than Jackie Chan, so he beats the shit out of Jackie Chan instead, and there's a suggestion that he needs to go and learn more, and that's what I like about it, which means that there can be sequences early on where, which are really great kung fu sequences, um, while it, because he knows more than the other people that he's he's encountering, but then he still has more to learn. And I do like that the the restaurant fight, actually both restaurant fights, I should say, um, because it's very much a staple of kung fu movies of this period, and in particular Jackie Chan movies. When we see movies like Snake in the Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master um, and The Fearless Hyena, I mean, I think there's a a fight that takes place in a restaurant in every one of those. I think that's true, actually. And and the more I think about it, I'm like, there's always a restaurant fight of some kind. Yeah. Although this one doesn't... It, a lot of times they make use of the balcony in yes. the restaurant fight. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I it, it again, the fact that this movie kind of takes those two halves, it is one of the things I liked about the second half is that yeah, we got to see a few different locations. I do want to mention, by the way, that even though this is a very kind of traditional looking martial arts movie, there are some visual flourishes in it, including that opening dream sequence, which I think is shot really interestingly. It's like a black room with all of these candles lit up in it. And of course, the um, the Shaolin wooden men themselves, which, again, is goofy and weird. But that's one of the things I most like about it is that it's just so strange. Um, I, I don't know if there's any, I feel a little embarrassed saying this, any sort of historical precedent for these Shaolin wooden men, if they're supposed to be based on some version of reality. I mean, you know, the training dummies that uh, that you see in a lot of Kung Fu movies. I wonder if it's just supposed to be like, what if those moved? That sort of thing. But uh, but I still, I again, it is the thing that people take away from this movie. These, these Shaolin wooden men. I mean, I do think that's part of what's weird, right? Is that you'd think they would come into play. I really thought, not that there would be more wooden men, but that he would learn something whilst fighting the wooden men that then later on he'd be like, ha and this. But instead, <laughs> they're just like a mild annoyance. I wonder to what extent the movie was named after the wooden men because they just needed a cool name. Sure. Because they're really not the focus of the movie at all. Yeah, no, I think there's 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 something to that. Or or like what you said at the very beginning, which is that they came up with this concept first, okay, this is kind of our our hook, and then just built the rest of the movie around it. Because I imagine that sequence I mean, that sequence is fairly lengthy when it occurs. It happens like forty five minutes into the movie and it takes them a long time to get through it and it's this big struggle. But uh you know, just going back to it for a second, it really is kind of strangely paced. Particularly because if you don't know that there's going to be a second hallway, it looks like he struggles but gets through the first hallway, you know, fairly unscathed. Then he gets to the second hallway and he gets the shit beat out of him, manages to get through it. And then the final thing he has to do is grab this burning, like, huge vat and burn both of his arms and move it. And like you said, then he just kind of walks out of the shower and doesn't seem like there's, uh, there's much to it. I do want to mention, after he does get his revenge on the person who killed his father... Um, there's one more scene in this movie. Now, I've seen a lot of martial arts movies that end very suddenly. Like, you, they kill the bad guy, and then he just there's a pose, and then it just says, the end. This movie has one more scene where we see Jackie Chan go back to the Shaolin Temple and get his head shaved. Uh, what did you think of that? Well, I think it's sort of this idea that... Um he has now learned i mean technically he's learned more than anyone else there yeah you know what i mean he learned directly well not directly directly because the immaculate 
uh, monk died, but he learned directly from that monk via a very helpful pamphlet. And uh, he's now shown <laughs> that he's more powerful than like any of the other monks. And there's this feeling that this is so this is actually the part where I feel like this is the Bruce Lee-ness of it all, that the movie has to end with him as a messianic figure that somehow he's this powerful figure that they've been waiting for at the temple, which they say a few times that he's going to use the the stopping the demon technique or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? Like the, the language the other monk uses for him, the monk whose name is Wisdom, LOL, uh, <laughs> imbues this messianicness as if all that Bruce Lee left us with is the idea that he's the special one. It is very reductive, but it is a common theme in a lot of these like movies in the wake of bruce lee that the the hero is not just someone who got by or trained hard that they have to be expectant in some way they have to fulfill some like perfect whatever and it bums me out a little bit if i'm honest It, it it is kind of strange that this movie which builds up this character it's like they build him up to be like you said he is again the chinese superman at the end he 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 has saved Shaolin. The idea is that he wasn't there. This guy would have murdered every Shaolin monk and yep. would, would have run roughshod. And the suggestion even from the monks themselves is that they're not going to be able to stop him. So you're right. He's he's like the top guy. But it's also the ending is him getting his head shaped because he's going to stay at the Shaolin temple, right? I mean, that's kind of his deal. Um, now, we say that he gets his head shaved. They do this with clever editing. Someone got their head shaved. It wasn't Jackie Chan. <laughs> Probably wasn't Jackie Chan. No. Uh, let's. That does kind of lead into our discussion of Jackie Chan in this movie. He does, at the end, he does reach that kind of ultra level of martial arts master. But I still take question and take kind of umbrage with the idea that they are making him a new Bruce Lee in this movie. It's just... I don't really get until he has that kind of really intense moment at the end in the final fight. There's nothing that's very Bruce Lee like about his character. And even then, he has a lot more difficulty than Bruce Lee tends to have in a lot of his fights. Um, You know, Bruce Lee is not known for the complex choreography of a lot of his fights. When you think of a Bruce Lee fight, a lot of it is very quick. A lot of it is very sudden. and He's usually taking on a ton of people. He does have famous fights, like his fight with uh, with Chuck Norris and Way of the Dragon and things like that. But even that is kind of like moments of quick action and then slowing down again. Here we have a very kind of Jackie Chan-ish fight at the very end, which has a lot of different steps to it. There are parts where he's winning, parts where he's losing, parts where he has to think about the skill that he has to, to, to put into things. Uh, what do you think of Jackie Chan as a performer in this movie? I think he's great at what he's asked to do. You know, I think uh, it's hard to say he's compelling as an actor when he's just bowing and making facial expressions. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I don't think like he doesn't give off a lot of charisma, but this is a difficult character to find charismatic. And it's his role is to not be cares. He is supposed to be a fucking uh, footstool for most of the movie. And that's why it's so surprising when he's the one who gets through the wooden men. That's why it's so surprising when he's the one who's going to step into these roles. Yes. And then the final big surprise is when he says stuff and suddenly he has a voice. And not only does he have a voice, he's one pissed off motherfucker. Okay, all of that, I get it. All that turnaround and whatever. But he's just not asked to do a lot during that time other than the physical stuff. 
the training stuff is impressive. He does some cool physical feats. The fighting is great. So, like, all of that is really great. It's just hard to say, like, oh, it's a great performance when he's not doing a lot other than fighting. Yeah. He's not Jackie Chan yet. And, in fact, he, literally, he's not Jackie Chan yet in that his, his name is still spelled J-A-C-K-Y in the credits. Uh, it's so strange that the second attempt to turn this guy into a superstar is as a mute character. I Like, that to me, just that just blows me away that they would even attempt that and i wonder what the motivation was behind that again it's hard to it's hard to imagine bruce lee as a mute character or or as someone i mean one of the things that defines a lot of his characters is kind of repressed anger that's just barely held back but in this case he very much as you said is a footstool (laughs) like they treat him like absolute garbage for the first 30 minutes of this movie people just mock him constantly and he's not very good at anything it's just it's there's just not anything to me Bruce Lee like and I've seen all of Bruce Lee's movies I just don't see that character that we have here as resembling any of the Bruce Lee characters that I'm familiar with yeah uh, no and and again I like we said before I really think the idea that the next Bruce Lee is almost entirely based on in the sense of like a a moneymaker and yeah absolutely force yeah no one at this at least in this film um no one is trying to get Jackie Chan to be Bruce Lee new fist of fury there's aspects of it that are obviously, you know, not just because he's playing this character, but there's aspects where they're trying to get him to act in a Bruce Lee way. That's not happening here. But they're also not letting him do his own thing either. So that does beg the question, Liam. What is missing from this character here that we will eventually get in the classic Jackie Chan movies of the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. What are we still, what still has to be, I mean, obviously it's a sense of humor, but what other elements are you looking forward to as we move forward with these movies? Um, stunts outside of fighting. You know, Absolutely. That's one of the things that Jackie Chan does is amazing stuff. Like, that, that's why Jackie Chan movies, I think, were able to get the broad appeal they were because they were martial arts action films. You could argue that martial arts and action are in some ways different genres that are related but aren't the same. The same way that sometimes people argue that a certain kind of psychological thriller is not a horror film, right? even if they borrow from each other in various ways. Uh, you could say the same thing about martial arts movies. And there are plenty of arch- martial arts movies where all you have is fight choreography and there's no other action. Now, I don't love those movies, and I think I prefer a, a hybrid of the two, but... Um, in the same way that there are action movies in which there is no interesting fighting of any kind, right? There is also these non-action based martial arts movies, and Jackie Chan proved in his later films that he is a master at both. His fight choreography is always masterful, interesting, and then also funny. He works the humor into the fight choreography, but as part of that fight choreography, there is also stunts that are not just fighting that are. Jumping through a thing, a thing breaking, falling off a thing, sliding down a giant pole covered in exploding <laughs> lights, uh, falling out of the top of a two-decker bus onto flat concrete and getting it in one shot and no one breaking their neck. So, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff going on there. Um, uh, and I also think the characters, right, there's there's humor in the fight choreography. There's also just humor in the script that yeah. mm-hmm. oftentimes, not exclusively, he has played some more serious characters, but oftentimes the characters are funny. And their funniness, their, their being the butt of jokes 
as well as making jokes, but often being the butt of jokes, does not make them less tough. He he takes away the idea that the comedic relief is there just to get hit and the hero is there to do the hitting and conflates the hero and the comedic relief such that if a character is overly serious, you know they're going to get their ass kicked. He, Jackie Chan is not endearing as a character or as a performer yet, but I think that nope. endearing aspect, the idea of you know taking a punch to the face and showing that it hurts but then continuing on is something that that will define a lot of his later roles. We're not there yet, but for the first time, I think, on this podcast, I feel like we're moving in that direction. This is the most Jackie Chan-like movie that we've had so far, even though it's not a Jackie Chan movie quite yet. It is a movie that I do recommend, however, um, particularly in terms of the development of his career. If you are looking for a copy of Shaolin Wooden Men, at the very time that we're this episode is coming out, like right around the same day on the 9th of November 2020, um, 88 Films is releasing a super special Blu-ray edition of Shaolin Wooden Men. Uh, this is probably the ultimate version of this movie to be released. has multiple commentaries, has featurettes. I mean, it really is a loaded package. I'm hoping that this is the kind of thing that maybe will get this movie the respect. It, it, it really does deserve, even if it doesn't necessarily stack up with the Jackie Chan classics. Liam, that was Shaolin Wooden Men from the year 1976. On our next episode of We Do Our Own Stunts, this is what I've been looking forward to, even though it's a bit of a step back. This is a movie that was actually made before Jackie Chan had his contract with Lo Wei. Uh, this is, I think, one that he doesn't necessarily star in, though this is not a movie I have seen before, but it's interesting for another reason. On the next episode, we're going to be covering John Woo's first directorial effort, the Hand of Death. Uh, are you excited for this, Liam? I know I know the idea of stepping backwards at this point is probably not uh, very exciting to you, but is the idea of, of uh, looking at John Woo's early career uh, something that appeals to you? Oh, definitely. I am a John Woo fan, um, but I know that I am somewhat limited in some of his early work. You know, I know a lot of the things that most people know, but I don't know uh, some of the early ones that haven't quite made their splash over here. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, really interested in seeing what of the John Woo that we would learn to uh, love in in his work in the 1980s and 1990s, that kind of heroic bloodshed genre, how much of that existed that early in his career, if there's any signs of it, and, you know, just seeing how Jackie Chan jives with it. This is not a movie that is considered a classic in any way, but as we found with Shaolin Wooden Men, uh, the reputation doesn't necessarily reflect the quality of the movie itself. So on the next episode, we will be talking about The Hand of Death. Liam, if people want to check out more Cinema Smorgasbord podcasts or other episodes of We Do Our Own Stunts, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, they can head over to Cinepunks.com, of course, uh, and check out our latest episodes there, as well as a family of other podcasts and a host of writing and all kinds of stuff going on there. Uh, but if they want to catch some of our back episodes, they should probably go to CinemasmorgasBoard.com. If they're interested in following us on social media, they can follow Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and then we're on Facebook, Cinema Smorgasbord. Uh, we have like a room that people can go in and start discussions and all that kind of stuff. Or they can find us on Twitter at Cinema Smorg, just S-M-O-R-G. That's right. And that's all linked over at cinemasmorgasbord.com as well. You can, of course, also follow Liam on Twitter at Liam Rules. That's with a Z. Or you can follow me on Twitter at, at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. But Liam... 
Our journey into the career of Jackie Chan must take a little break for now. We need a rest. I'm feeling exhausted after going through those Shaolin wooden men. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, I, I really got beat up on the first man. Yeah, I didn't I've, make him past the first one. Yeah, you suck. I can't believe how bad you were at battling the Shaolin wooden men. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, you're garbage, Liam. But anyway, what's not garbage is this podcast. We're going to take a little break. Uh, We're going to be back again. You're not going to say anything about me calling you a piece of shit? No, I was just going to let it fly, man. Let it fly. If that's who you want to be, I'm not going to judge. Well, you are certainly not a Bruce Lee-like character. We're going to be back very soon with another Jackie Chan classic. Good night, everybody. Night. Oh